Standing by after a 23-0 win for Popperville over Lumberton, in which the game was shortened due to a malfunction here with the lights. We had three breaks in the ball game due to the lights not working on the visitor side of the field and finally um, at the end of the third quarter they just called the ball game uh, JB and the end result was a 23 to 0 win for Popperville here on the road tonight. Yeah it was just uh, an odd night Uh, you know you stick around this game long enough and you'll see it all and uh, you could probably check the box of seeing it all uh, here tonight in Lumberton but nobody's fault just uh, part of the mechanical uh, malfunction. Uh, they just couldn't seem to keep them on uh, tonight, unfortunately. But uh, luckily, uh, the Hornets knocked their lights out pretty early. Uh, a great start to the opening quarter. Um, just a dominant first quarter for the Popperville Hornets. You had a special team situation that resulted in points. Um, you looked at your offense comes out on their opening drive, goes 15 plays, Clay. Just, just a beautiful start. Yeah, a great start. That was capped off with a Bun Jarvis touchdown. He got another later in the ball game. We saw Khalid Moore catch a touchdown on just a beautifully thrown ball by Will. The lefty rolled right into Khalid's lap and dumped it to him in time for him to make two good moves on the way um, to the end zone. You mentioned the safety. That was off a block punt um, from Khalid. Really all factors for Popperville football hit on all cylinders. Played a really clean game. It was just such an odd game with the breaks, but Popperville did what they wanted to here tonight on the road. And you know, you mentioned that touchdown pass, and I'll stay there for a moment. Um, You know, we've talked about the development of Matt Will from the safety position, and we've talked about it in the broadcast uh, earlier on Friday night, but uh, the development that he's showing in the passing game uh, is just vital because as as we know, um, there are going to come teams in the future um, that are going to be able to slow this this wing tee offense down in the ability and the threat to throw the ball um, does wonders for this running game. And, um, you know, you don't have to complete them all, but you got to get close. You got to make them believe um, that you can complete the passes. And what we've seen the last two weeks, one pass to Braxton Connerly on a timing pattern, one pass uh, tonight to Khalid Moore on a timing pattern. Um, and, and for those uh, two events to occur in succession in completion. Now, as a defensive coordinator, when you pop this tape in and you want to step your safety down in the box, uh, you're going to have to think twice before you do it. Yeah, and even the pass plays that don't have success at least have a, a future defensive coordinator looking at it. The play that I have in mind is Narada McGill kind of underthrew a route right after a, a, a change of events, right after a turnover. Popperville took a shot at the end zone. And so those are plays that may not work in the action but certainly if you're studying Popperville it kind of said oh well maybe they do a little bit more than the wing T. another play that comes to mind was Will with the motion that he faked it to Jarvis out uh, to Harmon out of the backfield kind of scraping across in a shotgun formation that was a beautiful play call on a nice run. Yeah, those are just different wrinkles, and what it does is it keeps you honest. What we're trying to do uh, is keep it to an eight-man box, seven-man box. We don't see many sevens. We see a lot of eights and a lot of nines, and uh, the threat of that can move a guy out of that box uh, and give you just one more less body to account for in the running game. And by box, I'm talking within the front seven on defense uh, for people listening in. And so if we can, if we can take that and and allow that presence to be there, uh, boy, it just bodes well. may not pay a dividend right now, 
uh, but it'll pay it on down in the future uh, as we roll a little bit towards uh, October, and uh, hopefully we get blessed with some more November football. And you talk about box numbers, JB. Let's look on the other side. And we've talked about Khalid Moore. We hope to get him uh, tonight on the podcast if we can get that interview. He plays certainly an anchor on one end. But what about the way that Tucker Smith has played in tier? And then you mentioned there during our broadcast tonight, you can't just go away from Khalid because the linebackers and then Tank Trotter will kill you. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, I had a conversation with our defensive line coach, Adam Johnson, um, last week at a certain point, and we began to talk about Tank. And I said, you know, Tank's really playing at a high level, and he's at a position they needed him to because as we knew – a lot of teams' focal points would be away from Khalid. That's just natural that you're not going to put yourself in that position to run at uh, a SEC-type player. Uh, so the natural tendency is to go away. And what teams are finding out is you can go away if you want to. Mark Will awaits on the other side, as does Ahmad Harmon from his mic position from the linebacker standpoint. But what teams are really finding out is you've got Chase Dare on the other side and you have Tank Trotter, both kind of anchors. Both are guys extremely hard to uh, block, very strong from the hips down, just really, really kind of anchor-type kids um, that you're just not going to move and put somewhere. Um, And so teams are beginning to learn, you know, you're going to have to pick and choose your poison. Matter of fact, we said it in the broadcast earlier on Friday night that, you know, they're going to go away from Khalid for a point in time, but eventually you got to choose to come his way. And Lumberton did just that one time, and we watched Khalid make the tackle immediately as they ran right at him. And so that's what's going to make this front seven really special now what they got to do is they got to stay disciplined it can't become uh you know a heroes type event it can't come from where they try to come and everybody try to make a play they've got to still play fundamentally sound up front and understand it's still a team game it's still a team concept and there's a there's a lot of uh good that can come from turning a play back into your other teammates yeah and then we saw the secondary cole pepper comes to mind passman made a beautiful pick navigated uh the sidelines made a nice play so Man, I know we keep singing the defense's praises. It's for good measure. They threw a shutout tonight, and, of course, it was a shortened game, but Lumberton really wasn't uh, really threatening uh, much there. So that defense we talk about a lot for good measure. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, the safety position tonight, not that the corners played poorly because, you know, Quan Hutterson made a real physical tackle on the opening defensive series. We saw Lawrence Jamison uh, get our Pete's Plumbing Pipe Busting Hit Award of the game on a kickoff. He as well had some big plays from the corner position. But tonight was about the safeties. You saw Riley Passman make an impact with the beautiful job drifting over, making the interception. Matt Will one time came up and set an edge on a beautiful play against Rodney Parker trying to get to the outside. And then Vance Culpepper is a guy he can run. Parker had a lot of speed in that play that we saw uh, in the first half. And Vance comes out and is able to get to the outside and really maintain outside leverage. That's what they teach is to try to keep your outside free and, and turn it back in. You're not. You're probably nine out of ten times you're the guy that's not going to make the play, but you're making the play by forcing him back in 
uh, to your teammates. And to me, that's fundamental football. What that is is that's understanding um, Jacob Acock's system. It's understanding your role. We play a lot of zone, and so it helps these guys in the secondary. They're not so much worried about where is my man as much as where am I supposed to be okay, I read this, and here I go. They understand their lane that they're essentially to go to. And uh, from, from our perspective above tonight, uh, or on Friday night, rather, um, that's, that's what made it so special was those guys understood that, ran, and then executed it flawlessly. If you're going to pick on this performance at all, and I think you'll get Coach Beach later this evening, I think what he will speak to is his immediate group, the group that he specializes with. The offensive line on some of the quick hitters to DJ Richard Bay through the middle really weren't there tonight. But in Coach Beach's defense, he won't say this. He's only had his full well, he hasn't had his full complement of players in the regular season. Connor Davis still on the men. He had a starting center, uh, Gibson, in a boot today. His younger brother had to take his place. And so that's a unit that's going to – we've seen flashes of what they can be. I don't know that they played their best football tonight, but when you win it 23-0, to zero, we're probably just finding something, or I am, that I think Coach Beach would probably camp out on. If we weren't injured, Clay, I would be worried too, but the fact that I recognize we're not at full strength there um, allows that to sort of be um, relaxed, uh, if you will. Now, that's us. Uh, we don't know if Jay will be relaxed. Unfortunately, with the, the way the events played out tonight, we didn't have an opportunity uh, to visit with Jay, but we hope to get him for this podcast purpose. We're taping this uh, segment of it prior to uh, that access. But um, and for us, uh, you know, you're right. We're probably nitpicking, which is, you know, what I guess somewhat our job and our role. And um, but look, give a little tip of the credit too to Lumberton. Now, you know, they came out. That's you know, that's a one A team that's played for some state titles. Won a state title a year ago, um, and so they've got some players up front, and, and mainly their their main tackler Edwards was a force early uh, in this football game, and so he kind of gave us a little bit of problems, and uh, that'll be rectified. The good news is that O-line appears to be getting healthier. We anticipate the arrival of Connor Davis at a certain point here in the next couple weeks. Um, I, I'm not sure on Blake Gibson, but uh, Jay, Jay kind of alluded to that we're getting back. So um, that's all good and positive news for us. Yeah, positive news is we've got more football next week. Terry comes to Popperville. That will be a 6.30 air time when you're searching Talking Ball, y'all, on the Mix Out. Our app, that's where you can find us next Friday night at 6.30. Terry comes to Popperville the week after that. We go on the sh road to pass. Christian had a lot of fun tonight, uh, JB, on the call, and a really bizarre ball game, but we had a good time with it. I think that you're headed back to the locker room to try to grab some interviews, so thank you as always. Absolutely, Clay. It was an absolute pleasure to get a chance to uh, share a booth with you tonight, or rather on top of a press box uh, tonight, and uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, always a good time when the Hornets are successful and get a win, and uh, that, that's what we got tonight. How do you unwind? Whether it's hunting, riding horses, or just sitting around a campfire, it's better on land you own. Southern Ag Credit can finance that land. Give our Gulfport office a call at 228-832-5582 or visit us online at southernagcredit.com. 
Welcome back to the Talking Ball, y'all, post-game podcast. Uh, Jason Baker being joined by the defensive line coach of the Popperville Hornets, Adam Johnson, and um, a 23-0 victory uh, over Lumberton on Friday night. Um, and a performance by your defensive line. We saw a block punt from by uh, Khalid Moore uh, on the opening defensive series with uh, them that resulted in a safety. Uh, and then throughout our broadcast on Friday night, I really talked about uh, the development of Tank Trotter and the development of Nikhil, uh, just really in, in how much better he's played and really he's getting a lot of opportunities. Probably a lot of it's got to do with Khalid and the way that they're going to run away from him and, and schematically try to get away from him and Tank's development. If you could, let's start there. Uh, let's start with Tank and, and maybe the role that he's played on this D-line and the opportunity that he's being given to play on the opposite side of Khalid Moore. Yeah, um, Tank's uh, grown up a lot. You know, he was a sophomore last year, um, had, some, say, had some sophomore moments. Um, that was one thing we focused on in the off season was was him just you know uh, keeping his head you know growing up a little bit and uh, he he got stronger in the weight room. Um, we talked to him about the opportunities he was going to have this year with Khalid getting a lot of attention, um, and he took that challenge on uh, in this off season. He's 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 a lot more mature. Um, he's uh, stronger, and he's been really making some great plays for us. Let's talk about Khalid, and then we'll get to the interior of your defensive line. Um, you know, SEC talent, and I think uh, lucky for us, sometimes it can go the opposite way. Sometimes a scholarship offer uh, of that stature gets offered to you, and you can kind of get full and set in your ways. And um, what I'm seeing from Khalid, from my perspective, that's not the case. I think he still plays with the same kind of swagger and chip on his shoulder uh, that he's still out to prove everybody wrong and that he can – uh, play this game at the highest level. From your perspective, just maybe not just specifically Friday night, but overall through three games, um, what have you seen from Khalid? Yeah, you know, there's no doubt that he's a special player, and he, you know, we and we talked about it. Uh, as a matter of fact, me and him had a conversation right after Mississippi State uh, offered him, and, and I told him, I said, look, um, until you sign that dotted line, there's nothing official, and he said. Coach, I'm going to work even harder now, and so I, I gl I'm glad he took on that, um, you know, that, uh, you know, and said I'm just going to work harder instead of saying I've made it or whatever because he knows the opportunity can be taken away just as much as it uh, got given to him. So, you know, he's he's a definitely a leader on our defense. He's um, stepped up big this year, leading the other guys, um, and, and he has just has a tremendous motor. And, you know, that's something uh, – last week in the uh, Biloxi game, he was so close getting sacks all game, and he never gave up. And the last drive, he finally got a sack. And, and that's just him. I mean, he's going to keep going and going. He has a motor. He plays offense, plays defense. He, he's – I just never see him get tired, and that that's – uh, special quality that he has. Adam, you've coached a lot of good ones, a lot of good ones on that defensive line. Um, I, I know he's got to be at the top, but I know you just mentioned his motor. What else about him? What else maybe have you seen from the time he became a sophomore and began to be a part of your defensive line unit to now and how much better of a player is he? Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like what I talked about with Tank a while ago. He started as a sophomore, Kalia did. Um, 
made some really good plays that you could tell he was going to be a really good football player. Um, had some problems maybe a little bit with getting frustrated and losing his composure. Um, so he's worked on that. Um, he's, he's obviously gotten a lot stronger. Um, that's a quality I think that is uh, kind of not real, like people don't realize how strong he is. Um, he only weighs about 210, but he, pro he plays like he's 250. Um, and he is hard to move. And I think people think they're going to run right at him until they start running right at him and realize they can't move him. So um, I'm really happy with, uh, with that. He, he works hard in the weight room and got really strong this offseason. Where do you see him going from here? Or, uh, where, do you envision him you know, trying to pack weight on his frame and maybe still stay at the DN position at the collegiate level, do you think? Um, you know, the, a lot of teams running like a three-three-five stack a lot in college nowadays. Mm -hmm. Do you see more in that outside linebacker uh, kind of role? Where do you see him taking that next step? Um, you know, I, I feel like uh, I just I know Mississippi State's uh, talked about him playing some uh, outside linebacker and, and stuff. I mean, I think he's got some room to put on some weight. Um, you know, but he, he's a tremendous pass rusher. I think he's just got really active hands, and he he can just get he get he has quick ball get off. Um, so I think if he could put on some weight and, and handle that weight and not lose speed, I think he could be a, a, like a pass rushing type defensive end. When you look inside your uh, defensive line unit, mainly at nose tackle and then you slide a, a three technique, a D tackle, if you will, um, within Jacob Aycock's system, Tucker Smith, the starting nose tackle, changed positions this year to allow Tank Trotter to step in. Tank earned that role. Tucker slides down, becomes a nose tackle for us. And then Chase Dare is such a great story. He's probably put on close to 40 pounds uh, in the offseason through your bigger, faster, stronger type program uh, in this workout program. Those two guys specifically on the interior of that line, what have they meant so far through three games? And uh, maybe kind of allude to their uh, one gaining weight and the other making a position change and how that's really helped this defense. Yeah, I mean, we got I got some special guys inside there, um, and not to mention that uh, you know Chase has been out a little bit, and uh, and so you know Scott Gerald stepped in, yeah. and Scott's kind of uh, came in and, and the last two weeks and has played really good football, and uh, you know he's a little bit smaller than Chase, but he plays big, plays strong, and he's a good young player for us. So I'm super excited about him, but um, yeah, to get back to uh, Tucker, I mean. Honestly, in probably the last three years, he's changed positions three times. You know, he started off as a linebacker, comes to us, and uh, he, he ends up playing defensive end last year. Uh, unfortunately, gets hurt. Um, Tank steps in and, and, and does a great job last year for us there. So when Tucker comes back, Tucker put on a lot of weight, um, got really strong in the weight room, and, and we just talked to him about sliding in. And, you know, Tucker's the type of kid, if anybody knows him, he's, Coach, I'll play anything. I'll do anything play anywhere you want me to play. He's going to do just that. So, you know, I'm super excited to have him in, inside as nose guard because he's really strong, but he's also pretty quick off the ball. And then talking to Chase, you know, in offseason, Chase was playing that nose guard last year, but we had, you know, a uh, 300-pounder out there and landing full at, 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 our, uh, at our tackle. And so Chase knew, you know, we needed to replace that. So he worked hard this offseason in the weight room, put on some weight, um, and he's he's – He's stepping in that role pretty uh, pretty nice there for us also. All right. Uh, well, we appreciate your time. Uh, we always appreciate your access. And uh, what a unit 
Um, you're getting a coach this year breaking down that starting uh, defensive line unit. Adam Johnson, thank you for your time. Thank you, Jason. Absolutely. That's our Talking Ball, y'all, post-game podcast interview uh, with the assistant coach, the defensive line coach of this Popperville staff. He's the veteran coach uh, of this staff uh, for Jay Beach and the Popperville Hornets. We'll be back with more of the Talking Ball, y'all, podcast when we return. Benny's Auto Repair is locally owned and operated and has been servicing the Popperville area since 1979. Josh Tynes is a second-hand generation owner and continues hometown service by offering complete car care and repair for European and domestic vehicles, full computer diagnostics with up-to-date software, oil changes, tune-ups, brakes, and AC repair. You name it, and Benny's Auto Repair can take care of it. They are located at 5 Enterprise Drive in Popperville. Give them a call at 601-795-6370. Benny's Auto Repair is a quality you can depend on. And we're back on the Talking Ball, y'all, Poplarville postgame podcast. Jason Baker with the head coach of the Poplarville Hornets, Jay Beach's team victorious on Friday night, 23 to nothing uh, over the Lumberton Panthers in a game that was actually cut short. Uh, due to electrical failure uh, in a light embankment on the visiting side uh, of the Lumberton Panther Stadium. Well, um, you and I have been around the game of football a long time. I've been broadcasting uh, for a long time. You've been involved as a coach just about as long. And um, I guess if you stick around long enough, you'll see everything. Uh, take us back through Friday night. And um, how weird was that to take half with two minutes and 20 seconds left in a second quarter? Um, then to watch the second quarter in and immediately start the second half and then basically get through about a half of the third quarter and then have the game called uh, kind of a weird experience? Oh, man, that was uh, definitely weird. Never had that happen before. I've had the lights go out on us a few times in my career, but we've always, um, you know, whatever field we were at. I had once at Pearl River Central, once at Poppleville, I think once somewhere else. Uh, but all three of those times, <clears throat> maintenance was able to fix the problem and we were able to continue on tonight it just didn't work out every time they tried to fix it it would blow a fuse again so um the discussion was to possibly come back in the morning to finish it but uh you know we got played the about half of the third quarter it was still 23-0 and both sides agreed just to call the game right there uh the other option was coming in the morning but we've already played three quarters of football and uh, kids would be sore and everything already and to try to get a limbered back up and to play again the next morning probably wouldn't be a good idea. When you look at your team, and I mentioned this in the broadcast with Clay, you know, oftentimes when you go on the road, to me, the first two quarters are vital for success on the road, um, mainly because, you one, you want to try to take a crowd out of it and you want to take the home team's belief in themselves out of it as well. How proud are you of your team and the way that they executed in a first quarter that saw you up 16 to nothing after the first quarter? Yeah, Lumberton's got a really good team. Uh, they're going to make a lot of noise in 1A. Uh, that was one of the fastest quarterback running backs, you know, we'll play all year. And, uh, and they got a 3-3 a three, three stack defense that blitzes a lot. So they're a high-risk defense, and uh, they were able to hit us in the backfield some. So I think they're going to be a really good team. and. Uh, I thought our guys played hard, played well, and, uh, it, it, you know, we had to earn what we got, and um, I was proud of them for what they did. Jay, the front seven of this defense, um, I, I think it's no secret 
we felt like would be the strength of the defense coming into this season. You're, you're led by a guy in an SEC commit and Khalid Moore from a defensive end position. Um, but there's a lot more to this defense than just him. Nikhil Trotter, I feel like, uh, has begun to step up. I think Tucker Smith in his role as a nose tackle has really become to make his presence felt. Chase Dare played one game. He's been out. He returned on Friday night against Lumberton for just a brief moment of time uh, in that football game. And then the linebacking court has been awfully special. Eddie Jordan, Ahmad Harmon, Will Harry, Mark Will, those kind of guys. Maybe speak to that front seven. Are they through three games when you pop the tape in? Are they playing at the level you hope and, and that you want? And um, how much room for growth do they still have? Yeah, we think – that front seven is definitely the strength of our football team. We're going to rely on those guys a lot. You know, we're going to uh, kind of game plan around the strength of our team, which is our defense. So, you know, we're going to be – we're going to try to score a lot, but, you know, we're also not going to do something dumb. And we're going to let our defense uh, control the game and win the game for us. What makes that What makes that front seven good, special, if you will? Well, uh, Khalid, Tucker, Chase – uh, Tank, Scott Gerald, those guys up front uh, do a good job of getting a push, uh, dominating the line of scrimmage, and our linebackers can run and can hit and can uh, and read their keys really well, and they clean it up real good. Uh, on Friday night, we highlighted a couple of the freeze, a couple of freeze, and a couple of strong safeties. Riley Passman slid over, and made a great uh, interception on the Lumberton sideline, and then a couple of plays that kind of got lost in the game, but uh, not lost on us. One was a, a a corner set where Vance Culpepper came up from his position, set the edge, turned their quarterback Rodney Parker back in um, to his teammates, and then the other time, same situation, same scenario. This time it was Matt Will. Um, who's getting some opportunities to take some defensive snaps. He does the exact same thing. Uh, is that what it takes for that secondary to be good, to understand their role and then uh, understand their responsibility of getting up there and kind of being an enforcer and turning the, turning the play back inside? Yeah, our secondary right now is a, is a work in progress. <clears throat> we got a handful of guys that can play, and we just got to find out, you know, what's their best spot. Was it corner safety? Are uh, some maybe more better against the run in the pass, but you know our safeties Vance and Matt. Uh, a lot of times they're going to see run and roll down and set that edge for us and be extra run support. You move on, you take on Terry. Uh, as as we tape this, I don't know how much time you've been able to give uh, to looking ahead to Terry, a new opponent. We've not played them. Uh, in your time here, um, do you know anything about them? What do you know about them, uh, if anything? And um, what do you anticipate uh, for a ball game that'll be played uh, in the Hornets Nest next Friday night? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about them at all, really. I haven't got to see much film on them at all. Tonight was their first night to play all year. They played Jackson Murrah. I don't really know the score of that yet. Hadn't, hadn't received any film from them yet on it. So it'll be a new opponent. Um, we'll have to get in this weekend and work real hard and get prepared for what we what we see on film from Friday. Um, I know they got a, a good football coach, uh, Chris Thigpen, and uh, I know he's going to have them playing hard. He, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that I know he's going to put in a lot of work and they're going to be disciplined and uh, in their six A team and I know they're going to have a ton of speed. So um, they're used to playing with the Warren Centrals and the. 
Oak Grove, Petal, they've been in that district for, for years, so they know, they know what good football is. All right, uh, good football it is in Poplarville as well. They uh, The Hornets win it 23-0 over Lumberton on Friday night in Lumberton. Jay, thank you for your time. All right, thank you, Jason. That's our head coach, Jay Beach, on the Talking Ball, y'all, Poplarville postgame podcast. Um, that's going to do it for this week's edition uh, of the postgame podcast. We appreciate you tuning into this wherever uh, you tuned into Pop, uh, Poplarville podcast on the Talking Ball, y'all, network. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, until next week, this has been Talking Ball, y'all.